0: Welcome everyone to our special bonus episode of King's Weekly Podcast. Um, we are very fortunate to have with us today, uh, Jim Peterson, the analyst for uh, the Timberwolves telecasts, a former King's player back in, I think it was 88, 89. Is that right, Jim? That's correct. Yeah. And um, very fortunate to have him here today to talk a little bit about the state of the Wolves. As well as his insights and, um, views as to what we should be focusing on, um, for the, for Friday's game between the Wolves and the Kings. So Jim, welcome back. Great to have you. As you know, you're our favorite, uh, league pass, uh, analyst. So very happy to have you with us. Thank you, Ray. So, um, bring us up to date on, um, the Wolves um, and how they're playing and, and any issues um, that you see that um, have uh, happened or transpired or the state of the team to update us from the last time that you were
1: with us? Well, I mean, the games against Sacramento this year have been tremendous. Uh, they, you know, they the in-season tournament uh, game that we played at Target Center, uh, it was one of the best games of the year for the Kings. I mean, they just shot lights out in that ball game and, uh it was a close game, nip nip and tuck the whole way, and then uh you know, Sacramento ended up winning out. And the game in Sacramento that we played um uh, was off the charts. It was uh just a a, a well played game and it was one of our more fun wins on the road. Um Wolves have done really well this season on the road. I mean, they've been um you know, dynamic, um and we're all looking forward to this game on Friday, Rave, just because the Kings, uh, hopefully De'Aaron Fox can play. Uh, Demonas Sabonis has been so good against Minnesota, and he's the kind of player, frankly, that gives Rudy Gobert some fits sometimes. It's, you know, the physical guys, the guys that are able to be super physical with him can give Rudy fits. And so, you know, we're the number one rated defense in the NBA a lot because of Rudy Gobert. But a player like Damanis Sabonis can give him a hard time.
0: He's been giving everybody a hard time this year. Um, he's been remarkably consistent. And, um, you know, the team has had very significant swings up and down. But he's a rock. You know, every almost every night you can uh, expect him to play at that level. And I agree with you in terms of the specificity versus Gobert. But I would be remiss not to say that um, he's given everybody fits.
1: Well, um, you know, that being said, I mean, uh, the Wolves are just a a super difficult out right now. Just got our 42nd win yesterday, which surpasses our total win total from last season. Um, So, you know, you think about uh, how we played Anthony Edwards is just he's in a zone. We had two all stars this year, Carl Anthony Towns. I was a little surprised that Cat actually made it over Demonis Savonis, but Cat, I think made it because he's been so consistent. And, you know, we, we say that there's no player that's given up more, that's given up more of his game to be able to fit another player in their system than, than Carl Anthony Towns, because Cat's really a five. He's not really a, a, a power forward. He's a stretch five, but Cat can post up. He can play off the catch. He can get to the rim, put it on the deck. Um, and so, you know, I, I thought Demonis deserved it as well. But Carl Anthony Towns, we were so thrilled that both of them made it. And Ant has uh, played like an all-NBA player um, this year. He's uh, just carrying us. He's got back-to-back 34-point games for us, so 68 points in two games for him. And he's done it through a lot of toughness. He rolled his ankle two games ago um, when we played the San Antonio Spurs, Ray. like He completely rolled his ankle at the end of the second quarter. We didn't know if he was going to be able to come back and play, much less play the next day. Um, not only did he come back in the second half of the San Antonio game and play, he scored 14 points in the third quarter and ended up having one with 34 in the game. But, uh, and then the next game we was back-to-back home games. So we played yesterday and uh, against Memphis and Memphis is, is not a, a, an easy out right now. There's, they're playing hard. Jaron Jackson was fantastic, but Ant had 34 again. So, you know, they play physical against him. Um, you know, Harrison Barnes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that can, they can throw at, and to be able to stop him, but um, he's he is really hard to contain right now. I guess I would say
0: to be so that they think they can be able to stop him, <laughs> as opposed to be able to stop him. And I, what's remarkable to me is playing so well at both ends of the floor. I know that the Wolves are you know a great defensive team, um, and you talked about you know the win total versus last year, obviously. Uh, Cat and Gobert playing much better together than they had the opportunity to last year because of injuries, et cetera, and the improvement for Ant-Man. And I guess the um, most recent development is Monte Morris addressing what looked like it could be a little bit of a problem in terms of backup at at
1: point guard. Well, you know, when you have a 36-year-old starting point guard, Mike Connolly, and Mike, you know, just even coming last year. What he meant to this team last year is solidifying the backcourt with Ant, giving Ant a mentor that he can kind of learn from because Ant's still only 22 years of age. But, you know, flipping out D'Angelo Russell for Mike Connolly just was huge. Um, they're not even in the same stratosphere in terms of leadership. Um, there, there was a lot of conflict between D'Angelo and, and Rudy Gobert and for the, for To unlock Rudy Gobert, uh, Tim Connolly just made a great move to be able to get Mike. But the other part of that, Ray, that's been so underplayed is we also got Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that trade. When you take D'Angelo and move him and, and then you bring in Mike Connolly, but Nikhil is such a tremendously gifted perimeter defender. Um, he's, you know, Jaden McDaniels is probably our best perimeter defender, but Nikhil is right there with him. And so you add Anthony Edwards in there, and then Mike Connolly's super solid, and then Kyle Anderson gives you diver- uh, diversity in terms of his ability to guard multiple players on the floor. Um, that deal to bring in Mike Connolly was huge, and then the keel as well. But um, we really didn't have a, a backup point guard. And so Jaden McDaniels um, could, could initiate some, Ant could initiate some. Jordan McLaughlin, who missed a lot of last year, is our backup point guard He's small. you know. Jordan McLaughlin's small, and he's, he's always an energizer bunny when he comes in the game. But to bring in Amante Morris, who has 48 games of playoff experience, has all that experience that he garnered playing for the Denver Nuggets, uh, playing with Nikola Jokic, like he understands how to play with talented bigs, that was a really great move at the trade deadline this year by Tim Connolly to bring in Monte. who now we have depth at that position. Not only can Monte take over from Mike, they can play together. And so it's been a real problem for teams to be able to handle all of the perimeter depth that we have and the diver- and the diversity of talents as well.
0: You know, it's almost mind boggling when I hear you talk about the defenders, when you talk about um, Gobert and Jaden McDaniels and Ant-Man and Nikhil and Conley and on and on and on. And it's like Kyle what- Anderson. Kyle Anderson. Mm-hmm. What team has that many defenders? Of, of of that quality no one and of course that's why you're leading the league in defense in defense
1: yeah it's and and then you know it's it, it fuels you know when you play solid defense it fuels your offense too because you know wolves have been number 1 in defensive rating a lot of the season but offensively they've been lagging and so you know they've been you know 17th in that in that area so not even top half of the league offensively and so when you know, at the same time, uh Minnesota's just a really good um three point shooting team as well. Um you think you think about um how important three point shooting is, the Wolves um at this juncture are third in the NBA at three point percentage. And so when you have that differential, I mean defensively, you know, we're number one in, in uh in defense, but uh in terms of three point shooting, uh we're number four. So you know, we, we are good on both ends of the spectrum, defending the three, shooting the three, and you'd think you'd be more efficient offensively, but the thing that's been killing us and plaguing us a bunch this year are two things. It's been turnovers. We have a high turnover rate team, and that's what makes our offense lag. If we could if we could figure out how to ter- turn the ball over fewer times, it would be a lot more pleasant for Chris Finch, that's for sure. And the other, bar- the other part of it is fourth-quarter execution not being able to close games out when we've lost games. If you look at our game log, we haven't lost a lot of games this year. I mean, obviously when, you know, you only have 17 losses and you've been so good at home, Minnesota's 22 and 6 at home and the Wolves have 20 road wins. I mean, they're 20 and 11 on the road. It's it's been fourth quarter execution. We've lost a lot of close games. I mean, our game log tells a real story. Um, you know, losing to Milwaukee at home just recently, losing in overtime to Chicago, losing by two at home to Orlando, losing at San Antonio by one. It was all those games were, Ray, all about fourth quarter execution of not being able to close the deal or else the Wolves would, would be on a 20-game winning streak right now. So um, it's just, it's just been turnovers and offense drying up at bad times.
0: So I want to point out one thing and then have a question for you um you mentioned about uh how um, good the wolves have been on their three point shooting the kings uh in terms of uh defending uh three point shooting they're last in the league in, in terms of uncontested threes at forty three percent and the league average is thirty eight percent um that's huge. Um, and most, uh, a lot of the trouble that the Kings get in is because of their poor closeouts. And I'm just wondering if the team that is last in the league on, uh, percentage for uncontested threes goes up against a team that shoots that well from three. That, that doesn't bode well for the Kings unless they, you know, make a concerted effort to turn that around. Jim, do you have any sort of explanation for, um, the fourth quarter closeout woes of the uh, Wolves?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's been um, when, when we have difficulty, it's when um, I think players try to get into hero ball mode. And so there's a lack of ball movement. So sometimes ant thinks he needs to take over the game. Sometimes cat does. And so when our offense drives up, it, it it's because of ball movement for the most part. And then also turnovers as well. It's like, sure. You know, a lot of teams are loading up on Anthony Edwards. I mean, they do not want to get, let him get to the basket. So Ant plays in a crowd a bunch, and he, but he's so good. He's so talented. I mean, he can beat double, triple teams a lot. He can split defenders. He can saloon door a couple of guys and get to the rim still. But there's a lot of times when he can't do it, when they're good at it. You know, they're good at stopping him. So, you know, he'll get into a bad place, you know, he'll, he'll throw the ball away. Um, or Carl Anthony Towns will try to get to the rim and people are stepping in, taking charges or he'll, you know, hook somebody an offensive foul, um, or else he'll throw it away as well. So, you know, teams are smart. I mean, they, they, they know that if they can make someone else make a shot besides Ant and cat, um, that, then that that's the way to do it. And that's the way that every team plays a team with great players. As you try to take them out of the game or limit them in some way, um, you know Nikola Jokic is one of those players though, and you guys obviously have seen him operate. He's one of those guys where he, there's almost no defense for him. Like, like you can't you can't pick him apart because he's so good at finding teammates. And and if you double him, he's going to find the open guy. Cutters are going to go to the front of the rim. That he's going to he's going to find an open shooter. If you don't double him, he's going to score and he's still going to get his assists as well. Um, he's he's hard to he's hard to guard, but. When we share the basketball, um, when we have 27 assists or more, um, it's it's tough to beat us. And that means the ball is moving. And, and that's what uh, has been the biggest problem in the fourth quarters for us.
0: Well, you mentioned Ant being 22 um, and having you know, the supreme talent that he has. One would expect, and I think we already are seeing, um, you know, he's figuring it out and he's learning and he's going along to expect him to be, you know, Fully blown um, as a uh, talent that understands all those things at that lack of experience and at that early age is is probably a little much and so it the trend can only be up, I would think from there
1: yeah i mean uh, I just i ant's a supercomputer you know he's he's just has this ability to at some point figure out how the defense is playing him, and so they give him different looks, you know he's like with any great player. You gotta change your coverage to be able to um defend them. Because once they figure out how you're guarding them, they know how to counter it. And so then you then you end up switching what you're doing and and then you gotta be able to read that. So Ant is so smart um and he's so gifted. Um he's able to Reed defense is more now than he was able to a couple of years ago. So this is already his fourth year in the league. He's he's been around. This is his fourth season already. I can't believe it. It's hard
0: to believe
1: how how fast it's gone. But no, he's seen every coverage. Chris Finch has done a great job of of coaching him up and showing him video. um It's it's Chris Finch is just a tremendous coach. He's probably the best coach in Timberwolves history. I know that you know he's not won a playoff series yet, but just what he's been able to create here and all of the trends. I mean, you know, I I tell people, you know, we went uh, to the Western conference finals in 2003, 2004, and beat the Kings in the conference semifinal. But we were in the desert for a long time, Ray (laughs) and Nick. And so Chris Finch has been able to break a lot of those trends and, um in, in my estimation Flip Saunders is was was definitely fantastic, but Chris Finch is the best coach in Timberwolves history. Well Kings fans are
0: very familiar with, with the feeling of being in the desert for multiple years. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick, did you have anything you wanted to bring up? No, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, Ray, you brought up the three point shooting defense was of the Kings and uh, you know, Jim, you mentioned how sometimes Anthony Edwards in particular can struggle when he's got a lot of traffic in the paint, but For all the difficulties that Devonta Sabonis poses Rudy Gobert, it's, you know, the flip side of that is that covering speedy pick and roll ball handlers is not exactly his forte. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that sort of matches up. Do you think one of those two things will sort of be the key to the game coming up? Or what do you think will be sort of the area that might determine what we see from this game, given that these teams are one and one against each other so far this year?
1: Well, I mean, I obviously you know shooting is going to be a factor. Is Keegan Murray going to get as hot as he was when when they beat us here? Um, the three point shooting is always a factor. Kevin Herter is, is also a guy that can also hurt you a lot. Um, you know, Malik Monk is a guy that can just absolutely go off at any time. You just never know. Um, and then to the degree that um, you know we can do a good job of defending Demonis Sabonis, I mean, like, and then Deer and, Deere and Fox is – has been a, a real issue for us, being his ability to, you know, play against our drop coverage when, when Rudy's in there. Like, you know, the difference is now, and you'll see that Rudy Gobert is a different defender now. Like when he was with Utah, he never wanted to get out there at the point of attack. He played drop back a lot, and also in 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 veer back situations where it's pick and pop. Like if if Demona Savonis is in a pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox, and Rudy's trying to contain De'Aaron Fox, who's coming downhill at him. And Sabonis is popping when they veer, and so the guard that was guarding Tiernan will have to go back to Sabonis. Um, Rudy now is so much better, being able to defend out in space. Um, we had a game last year against the Kings that broke our defense. Um, you guys beat us in overtime, and um, it was just one of those games that just got away from Minnesota. And uh, and a lot of it, Rudy got kind of played off the floor a little bit in that game, but. He's a different player now. He can guard in space. He can switch and cover. He can rotate out to defend uh, offensive players on the perimeter and defend. So it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun basketball game. I can't wait. And um, you guys, I really, I really am sorry, but I've got to get to another engagement. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm looking forward to uh, watching the Kings and Wolves play tomorrow night. Thanks so much,
0: Jim, um, for uh... – taking the time out of your crazy busy schedule. We really appreciate it. We always love having you on and we always learn something. So thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Ray. Take care.